Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of the Future Tech podcast series. It's me, Charlie Sell, the Group MD of Arrows Group, where I'm interviewing thought leaders, senior level people within the technical world, asking them a bit about their story, their thoughts on technology relevant to the work that they live and they do, and that all important career advice for many of our STEM graduates. So I'm really pleased to have Peter Hughes with me today. Peter is the head of cloud at Push Technologies. Push is an intelligent event data platform. Clients in both the UK and the US, but also globally. And they're doing some pretty impressive cutting edge stuff when looking at um, how to actually maximize uh, all the data that they use and the work they do. So really, really interested to hear about Peter's story, but also a bit about the work that Push are currently doing. So, Peter, welcome to the show. Hi, Charlie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and great to have you on. And we were just catching up a little bit before, talking about how we're in the right world at the moment, aren't we? Technology and yeah. especially clouds, with, with how quickly the world has moved in the past 12 months and beyond. I imagine there's a lot going on for you right now. Absolutely. Yeah. So, thanks for the, uh, the introduction. Um, I guess... Uh, yeah, we're, with Push, um, we're kind of in the business of providing software tools to help other companies build kind of the next generation of real-time event-driven applications, um, which obviously in this kind of day and age where there's a new you know, market emerging around consumer applications every month, it seems, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of need for you know, rock-solid technical foundations to help you know, let other companies build, you know, new and exciting uh, applications. Great. And so, well, tell us a bit about how you got into technology then and, and, and eventually ended up being a head of cloud for Push. Sure. Um, so I guess I've always been interested in, in technology. Um, way back as, as a teenager, uh, playing around with Adobe Flash, which is now defunct. Um, but that was, that was kind of my first introduction to programming and, and sort of the, the creative opportunities that kind of technology enabled. Um, so I, I started off uh, as a web developer. I had obviously been playing around as a teenager and managed to turn that into a full-time job um, at a, a local web agency. Um, spent a couple of years there uh, before moving on to Push. Um, so I started as a JavaScript developer, and then over the years, uh, moved from JavaScript to Java, um, spent a bit of time working as a kind of field engineer, so working with prospective customers and building more like demos and kind of proof of concepts uh, to help prove our value uh, to them. And then for the past couple of years, I've been uh, the head of cloud here, so kind of acting more as a product manager kind of bridging the technology, but also the sales and marketing and, and business parts of the company. Great, and so that's really interesting, the fact that, and this is a nice success story, I think, how you've, how it is actually proven that you can also progress through the ranks of a business. I think a lot of what we talk about in today's world with Gen, you know, Gen Z, and, and there's a lot of perception that people need to move on every couple of years to, to really, um, to, to advance their career. but when I meet people like yourself, and there's a lot of people in the same boat, that if you join the right company and you are continually learning, in fact, your career goes even quicker 
if you're in a progressive business. And is that what you found with Push? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's a lot of, you know, headlines are often around the kind of big tech companies. And, you know, there's a lot of blog posts out there about people that join, stay for a year or two, and then move on to do something else. And that's certainly valid. But I found, you know, with Push, it's been an exceptional environment for me to grow through the ranks as the business is growing, because there's always been something new that the company has needed that I've been able to step up into. And I imagine the same is probably true of quite a lot of smaller companies that are in a similar um, you know, stage of growth. Yeah. And so did you always plan to be to, to go into cloud or as you from from being a web developer or has this sort of developed over time as a blend of, of company needs and also your your involvement in what you've seen the future of technology? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to say it's been a completely planned out career trajectory, but <laughs> largely it's just been based around, I think, the, the growing or the, the available opportunities. Um, and certainly in that respect, you know, as Push, um, which started as a very traditional sort of enterprise tech companies selling kind of software licenses um, for customers to deploy themselves, you know, and moving into the cloud space due to the clear kind of, I guess, opportunities there to, to grow even faster. Um, you know, that's obviously entailed a need for people to take ownership roles around cloud within the company. And that's also a really interesting point, isn't it? How, how cloud has sort of evolved businesses. And again, you know, I, I remember, you know, I've been in the industry 18 years now. And, and when I first entered, you know, infrastructure and, and cloud was untrusted, you know, and, and very little people, you know, thought it would ever become, you know, until sort of Amazon, I guess, really um, took on a, a large portion of, of, of the market share. Cloud over the last five years, in my opinion, has has really, really grown. How how have you seen Absolutely. that develop? Yeah, I I think you're you're exactly right. I mean, we've we're having conversations now where customers are are practically begging us to run more parts of their infrastructure in the cloud. Um, essentially, I think there's, like you say, that kind of trust barrier has been broken. You know, AWS and Obviously now Microsoft Azure and, and Google Cloud Platform have all, I think, proven the commodification of cloud infrastructure. And, and it's now a case of companies realizing that basically they can get exactly the same you know, um, technologies as they've you know, had, except now they have to pay less for operations and maintenance. It generally is slightly more secure, it runs better um it just generally takes away a whole lot of nightmares for them yeah yeah and, I, and again as i said I've, I've seen it as a trend over the last uh, over the last five years and it's great to see that the trust is building there and i guess it also probably relates to the improvement in cyber security as you, know, you mentioned yourself as well is that a part that you guys look at as well when thinking about the platform and what you're offering clients is also the security of the, of the infrastructure in the cloud? Absolutely. Um, and I think this has actually been a very critical part of, um, you know, conversations that we've had with, you know, customers, especially recently, we've uh, had several companies choose to adopt our platform specifically because of security functionality. 
I think this is one of the one of the challenges that's still, I, I think, not entirely solved in cloud, but I'd say it's certainly becoming something that companies are more aware of, which is as you have more and more business critical components of you know, a company's technology architecture running in the cloud, you really need to start thinking about precisely how the, uh, you know, the various components are talking to each other and the security around that communication. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, I think it's just fascinating because it is, it's, it's, a, it's a huge, huge area. And so moving on to thinking about emerging technology then and, and what excites uh, yourself personally about the business, well, where do you see the next five years? What are the, the opportunities or, or the risks to the, the, you know, the advancement of, our, of your business? Sure. Um, so, I mean, one of the things that we as a company are really excited about is the kind of rise of event-driven architectures, um, which is kind of a term that is being thrown around a lot. Um, you might have heard it if you've looked at, say, Kafka recently, um, which is another major, um, you know, growing uh, tool. Um, in essence, you know, I think event-driven architectures is a slightly different way of thinking about how data and information flows around systems and really kind of building up technology stacks from the ground up to account for the fact that things are changing all the time and you want things to be able to react um, immediately around that. So I think in the past, that kind of architecture has typically been a little more technically challenging to, to do well. Um, you know, if the sort of, I guess, traditional web application is, you know, a database in the front end, which is very kind of static, but it's conceptually simple and it's very easy to get that up and running. Um, so I think with tools like Kafka and obviously what we're building at Push, we're trying to make kind of a slightly more intelligent, slightly more real-time architecture become as easy to build as, uh, as more traditional approaches. And I think um, kind of in parallel with that, there's a similar shift in terms of like the front end. So you have uh, front end technologies like React, um, which has proven to be amazingly popular. And I think that's kind of revolutionized a lot of sort of development trends by essentially introducing the same concept of making you know, your front end applications be able to react to data in a very you know intuitive way, it's made building responsive applications much easier. So, I guess the overall kind of trend I see is both back end, you on the server side, and also front end on the you know web or mobile apps. It's all about becoming more responsive, more reactive, being able to do more I guess interesting things with with changing data. Yeah, and 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 thank you. You've articulated that perfectly. I think sometimes it can be quite difficult to understand the, you know, the, the, the opportunities, but also what, what we really mean when we're looking at that event-driven architecture, especially. And so thinking about many of our listeners um, who will be thinking about the job market and, and, and careers. And, and again, one of the nice things that I think's changed over the years is when, when people were studying engineering, 
at university, you, you, you've got yourself pigeonholed quite early on. You're either going to be a Microsoft specialist with C++ to .NET to C Sharp .NET or Java, J2ME. Now with, with both the many different engineering languages, but also the, the, the worlds that you live in as well, when you're thinking about cloud and there isn't a, a preconceived route. So, so if you were giving people advice and wanting to get into technology and find out the different types of roles there are, what, what piece of advice would you give our graduate listeners? I think the number one thing would just try building something. Um, I think, you know, especially compared even to where I was, you know, a decade ago, um, you know, as a sort of, you know, a teenager still kind of like emerging into the industry, um, the amount of blog posts, tutorial videos, you know, just general resources online is, you know, today is staggering. And I think, as I was saying, you know, the tool sets that are now available, you know, React, um, GraphQL, um, there's any number of completely free hosted, you know, services that will let you build an application really quickly. And I think just by taking, you know, a bit of time to dig into that and just try it out is often, at least for me personally, I think the easiest way to really get a feel for what, you know, building, um, you know, software actually entails. And I guess getting a feel for what parts of that are interesting to you and what parts aren't. Yeah, and I couldn't agree with you more, you know, building something, giving something a go, showing, I guess when we put it into the eyes of the employer, showing a future employer that you you actually, you have a passion for the subject as much as wanting to make a career from it. So you mentioned at the beginning, you're lucky fortunate enough to turn a hobby into a paid job, which, you know, is what it should be in the most worlds. But, mm. but again, there's also many people who may have not studied software engineering. They've come from a STEM background, chemistry or another science or maths. But a lot of those skills are transferable, aren't they, into, into then understanding technology and engineering. Have you, have you seen that in your own experience when either building your teams or, or looking at the profiles of people who've joined PUSH? Yeah, absolutely. So we've had um, a number of you know, employees in PUSH who have come from you know, less traditional um, or at least not purely computer science um, backgrounds. I mean, I myself, I didn't actually uh, go to university. I, I just went straight into the workforce and learned on the job. So not that I would recommend that necessarily. I think I got quite lucky, but we've certainly had people joining PUSH with engineering backgrounds in more you know, traditional mechanical engineering um, sides who, you know, it really comes down to, can you think about abstract problems? Can you apply logical reasoning, think through the process of what it is that you're trying to achieve given you know the context of, of the technology platforms. And I think you know a lot of that skill is available to learn through numerous channels, not just kind of a traditional computer science background. Yeah. Fantastic. And so now coming on to the the, the last bit, and we've already talked a little bit about you know some advice for our listeners and, and definitely try to build something and 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 really try and understand it from 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 giving it a go. Have you got one or two other bits of advice? You know, again, if you put your employer hat on and you're you're looking to build out your teams, what what are the one or two things you 
that that will help people stand out in your eyes? Yeah. Well, I think one of the major things, um, and, and this comes back to what we kind of talked about with the growth of cloud, is I think today having an awareness of how networking plays into kind of software projects and, and architectures, um, that can be a really significant um, you know, advantage, at least for the kind of industry that I'm in. I think, you know, if you consider sort of, again, the traditional, I guess, computer science education used to be very much based around, you know, data structures and algorithms, which of course are important foundational elements. But these days, if I look at the, you know, what skills we really need to employ for building our kind of platform, it really comes down to the networking architecture, how we have different processes and services running in different parts of you know, AWS and designing the ways that they're going to talk to each other. You know, thinking about the APIs and the communication kind of requirements there. That oftentimes is you know, the more salient um, kind of skill set. And I think the same is going to be true for a lot of you know, modern technology companies where it's less about one single monolithic application that's being built and more about lots of separate smaller services that all need to communicate together. So networking architecture, I guess just communication architectures in general, I think is probably one of the skill sets I'd love to see more kind of applicants have. Yeah. And, and that is really, thank you for that, because that, that gives a really clear direction as well. And, and again, I, I couldn't agree with you more when I'm, when I look at, and obviously it's in our business to, to support graduates entering the job market. And, and from what we've discussed, the um, looking at trying to build something, having that awareness of networking. So understanding, as you said, it's, it's no longer a, um, about algorithms and, and, and hardcore coding as such, but actually how does it play with each other and, and how does it evolve? And I think, you know, your summary around event-driven event architecture as well really is the future. Um, and, and so for the listeners, you know, it's, it is going that extra mile and, and, and realizing that the world is moving at a million miles an hour. So we have to stay relevant. And that isn't about being a master of everything, but, but having the intellect and the curious mind, would you say, to, to want to keep developing yourself, to, to evolve like you have within Push, would probably Absolutely. be online. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, um, being able to glue a lot of different things together in a way that works well and reliably is actually quite a difficult task. And so I think any, you know, any kind of experience around just using, you know, say a couple of different services in AWS and demonstrating how you've put that together is, you know, something that I think really is quite valuable experience. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, you know, to sort of add on to that, one other thing that I guess, you know, speaking as someone, you know, who's, who's hiring to, you know, grow our teams, one other key aspect um, that we look for is not to do really with technology at all, but it's to do with kind of mindset and really the sort of customer focused, um, you know, 
inquisitive, curious, um, you know, approach to the world. I think one of the things that we as a kind of relatively small company, we're, we're still, you know, in growth phase, we're trying to expand um, our product. And that means that we need to really be thinking about everything we do in the context of how is this going to help our customers? How is this going to make things better for, you know, the people who are ultimately paying us? So again, obviously it's not necessarily something that a new graduate is going to have a whole host of experience with, but, you know, I, whenever I'm hiring, I'm always going to be looking for the person that is thinking beyond just themselves and thinking about the end user of a system, you know, what, are they necessarily prioritizing in terms of, you know, there's always going to be a whole host of interesting technical challenges to solve in any given, you know, application or product. But sometimes, you know, the things that really matter the most are just getting that kind of user facing aspect tightened up a little bit more rather than optimizing some kind of algorithm that nobody really actually is exposed to yeah yeah and then that is that's also and that what well, that's a really nice place to to probably conclude the the, the podcast because i think you've gone through the full journey there from from being committed to trying something to then understanding the networking to actually then the soft skills as as he said the, the curious mind the and and it's you know i think it was amazon who and every meeting they have, they'll always have one empty chair and that, that chair is the customer, you know, because you're forever trying to have to remind yourself what, what does a customer actually want and not, not what is the most fun thing to build or what's the most complex, but actually does this solve the, the challenge for the customer? Um, exactly. And I think you can start that out as, at, like you said, at entry level, that, that curious mindset should be something you can show even from when you're entering the world of employment, not, not when you've actually been in it for a number of years. Indeed. Just, yeah, asking, you know, who am I building this for? What problem am I trying to solve? And, you know, that's all you really need to do. I think that's, you know, the foundational essence of it. Yeah. Well, Peter, thank you. That's That's been an absolutely informative um, podcast. And as I said, really nice to hear your journey and how you've actually grown with the business. Um, and therefore, you know, you've seen it firsthand, I guess, the, the advancements of not only your own career, but but where the technology is going to. Um, yeah. And then that advice from any of our listeners. So, yeah, thank you for being on the show. I hope you found it okay. Yeah, it was fantastic. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. And to all our listeners, that is another episode of the Future Tech Podcast. So the show, as you know by now, is on our landing page, arrowspodcasts.com. It's embedded across the career portals of our 17 universities, and also on Spotify. So you'll be able to find us um, and be able to listen to the podcast as much as see the clips on LinkedIn and our webpage. So for now, another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. And here's to the next one.